Hi, this is Tiago. And this is Stephanie. We are from HexDevs.com and you are listening to the HexDevs podcast. At the HexDevs podcast, we talk to developers building interesting stuff. Our goal is to share actionable insights to take you to the next level. So you can build a business, grow a team, improve engineering culture and build useful software. If you have been listening to the show and you like it, do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on your favorite platform. You can also leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy this episode. Our guest today is Chris Bongers from Daily Dev Tips. Chris is a senior developer and solutions architect, blogger, and he is originally from the Netherlands. He lives in Cape Town, South Africa. We met Chris in the Blogging for Devs community, and Chris is a valuable member there. He tweets daily web development tips to help you become a more efficient developer. Make sure to check out the daily dev tips, and his Twitter and his blog. Chris, welcome. I hope we said your name correct. Uh, yes, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, and you pronounced it correctly. I have indeed been blogging uh, for yeah uh, since this year since the corona pandemic started uh and so far it's been uh been a blast to do the blogging yeah that's so cool i was i actually had the impression that you had been blogging for a long time i'm, I'm surprised by, by knowing that <laughs> yeah i think a lot of people actually think i've been around because they see stuff uh obviously daily and then the, that makes them think like, oh, it must have been a long time blog, but it's, it's only started this year. Do, do you mind sharing a little bit about your professional experience? Like, are you working full time right now? You mentioned in your website that you have lots of experience with WordPress and PHP. So is, is that what you are working on right now? Uh, yes, yeah, so I can elaborate a bit more on that. I actually switched jobs two months ago, which was, uh, of course, a blessing in these times. Just a little bit more challenging uh, developer job. I am currently working as a full stack developer, uh, mainly focusing on PHP backend with uh, Ionic and Angular as, as the front end for that. And my yeah background lies uh, many years ahead, uh, oh, many years back where I started as a WordPress uh, custom team developer. That was my first ever job. And we used to build custom teams and sell them on Team Forest, uh, which was fun because you, yeah, there were always new challenges at that time. It was obviously a jQuery time, which was cool on the one side. And then if you look back at it, it's kind of like, oh, what did I do there? Yeah, I mean, I've been around for a long time indeed. That's pretty cool. I, I used to buy teams at Team Forest back in the day, and it's pretty interesting. Did you make a lot of money on Team Forest, or were you working for an employer back then? Uh, I was actually working for an employer uh, when I started. Um, so this was my internship from school, and they offered me a job in the meantime. Uh, so I was uh, my internship was three days a week, and then two days I was working. And after the internship, I, I just ended up working there. Uh, but we earned pretty good money. I mean, we had around 10 teams at the time uh, because we would deprecate always the oldest one. It, it's just not worth uh, maintaining sometimes. Uh, so we would keep around 10 teams. 
And that actually was sufficient enough to uh, pay three people. And then they obviously made a little bit more than me. So it was definitely good business. I did that for myself a while as well. But at the time, I just didn't really find it that uh, satisfactionary to do the WordPress teams anymore. So I decided to go, uh, well, look at, at some other jobs. Yeah, I understand that working with WordPress sometimes can be challenging. You, you seem to have a lot of experience with WordPress and PHP, but we saw on your blog and on Daily Dev Tips that you share a lot of content about JavaScript. So we were wondering that, is that because you're learning more JavaScript now or like is just you, you talk more about JavaScript because you want to learn more about it or is that because you just wanted to focus on that language right now? I think it's actually more a focus issue indeed. Uh, so my, my main background is PHP, um, but as you can imagine, rarely just PHP. So I always used to be big into making full websites and then using PHP as a CMS. So it was either WordPress or a custom CMS. So I always had a passion for JavaScript, but as you can imagine, and I, I think this is a, a quite a struggle, is that as a developer, you um, have a certain skill set in JavaScript, which is, is either good or bad, but it, it's very difficult to keep track of all the latest things. So I kind of use the blog to learn in public. And, and sometimes it's not like I don't know any of these things, but I just want to embrace them in my brain, really. So I do know about all these JavaScript functions. It's just a way for me to yeah, keep better track of uh, how they exactly work and, and what you can do with them. I, I find it fascinating because, um, like you mentioned, it's really hard to keep up with all JavaScript like updates, although I feel like things seem to have calmed down. I, I don't work with JavaScript. This is just like an outside perspective. I don't know, maybe the frameworks are getting more consolidated. What What is your take on that? Yeah, I think you actually might be right. I don't know the specific numbers, but it, it does feel like it's uh, slowed down a little bit, especially if you kind of check a couple of years ago when, when React and Vue were hyping, you know, when they were still new. Besides React and Vue, you had about 10 or 20 other upcoming frameworks. Very unclear, I think, for everyone, like, okay, which one is going to be important? Another thing that you mentioned, Ian, you were talking about learning in public, it seems that it's working pretty well for you. Do you see other benefits, not only like for you, but also for your audience? Has anyone sent you some message like, oh yeah, this was a really cool dev tip. Do you have any other benefits to share? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, I think there's a, a lot of side benefits to it. So it's people either asking for advice, which I think is cool. So they, they kind of ask for a, well, semi-mentorship, like, oh, I want to go this route. Um, what advice can you give me? Which is, yeah, I, I love doing that. Otherwise, I, I sometimes get emails back saying like, oh, this was exactly what I was looking for. And it really helped me understand this topic better. So yeah, that, that's kind of like, oh, cool, extra win, because I'm really just writing it to help anyone uh, but you never know if you actually reach someone so it's cool if people reach out and do that 
Um, and lastly, you get people saying like, oh, you wrote about this, but um, I actually want to do something else with that as a basis. Um, would you mind writing about that, which is the best because it gives me a new topic and you, got, you know up front it's going to help some. Yeah, that's pretty interesting when you say that you're helping other people. Uh, I'm a mentor as well, so I have some people that I help because uh, they're learning programming and things like that. And I always encourage them to try to learn in public because I think that one, uh, if you're trying to learn something and then you share the information with other people, it helps you and it helps others and then you get kind of known because of that. So like people will, will start to recognize you and you start to build this kind of uh, authority on a topic. And then I tell them, hey, you should learn in public, like it's going to it's going to help you. It's going to benefit your career, but it's hard for me to convince them to do it. So do, do you have any tips uh, for that? Like if, you, if you know someone that wants to learn and is trying to like learn how to code, but they're, they're kind of resistant to the idea of learning in public and sharing more. Yeah, I think uh, the, the best advice I ever got, which uh, is not my own advice, it's uh, Sean's advice. Uh, he's also on blogging for devs. Um, he said learning in public is uh, realistically free learning if you think about it and, and you have to leverage that. And I think that for me was like definitely a, a mind shift. So what he means is what better way is there to get feedback from the people that build a certain framework or language? So let's say you're learning React um, and you post on the React github even like you know you have an issue and and the person that built react is going to advise you on that like there is no better way to learn a language uh, and that can be said for many things and i think that's the whole shit so if i post an article about something uh the amount of times someone will say oh did you know you can also do that and sometimes i, I don't know that um which you know, that is the true benefit. Like a Udemy course is cool, but it's someone's vision on something, which doesn't always have to be right. I mean, it's always a good start, but it, it it's never perfect in that sense. I think that for some people, it might be hard like to commit to write blog posts. But then, for example, there are all the mediums for you to do that. You can do um, podcast, you can do some screen share, uh, screencasts or some lives on, on YouTube. Like today, it's really, really easy to, to find the best medium for each person. And in that sense, how did you choose to do those daily dev tips? Like, did you consider all the mediums? Yeah, so I have quite a background of trying to, uh, you know, have something like that. One stage I wanted to do a, a vlog, um, but it, it didn't really work for me. Then I had another blog, more a lifestyle blog, uh, with, with very in-depth articles. So, you know, the, the 3,000 plus word articles. Um, and that was cool, but it just takes so much effort and, and relatively you, you will get in the beginning, especially not as much back. Um, and then obviously the Corona thing happened and I kind of thought like, well, I'm, I'm missing out on 45 minutes of, of travel time and, and wasted time. Uh, so what can I do in that time that now I'm working from home? So that made me realize like, ah, I could 
potentially either build a side project or I could pick up blogging again. So that's where it actually came from. And then the blogging daily uh, was just a real actual challenge for myself. I mean, that's, that is really cool to know <laughs> from, from my perspective. I mean, because usually when we meet people that are doing cool things, we tend to believe that, no, we tend to assume that, you know, they, they tried for one, um, one time and it worked, you know, like that there was no uh, trial and error. But I'm, I'm really glad to know that I'm, I'm not just the only one that has to do this um, process before actually starting. And I think that that's actually the most, the, the hardest part, but that you have to do it. And I think that once you do it, it's easier. Because like you said, oh, you, you tried the vlogging, you tried like a more in-depth uh, blog, but then you saw that you wouldn't work for you. But you did it either way and, and you you found out that and if you didn't do anything, you would just be wondering, right? So that's really cool. Yeah, I do think that's actually uh, more people than you think. And and that's kind of a wrong image you get because what you see online is uh, 90% or 95% is like the success stories. Like no one either dares to admit or wants to admit like, oh, I, I failed 20 times before uh, and this thing happened to work out. You know, you already hear the success things. Um, even, uh, well, some of my inspiration comes from Flavio Copes, who obviously also does daily uh, blogging for years now. And he actually mentioned something the other day saying like, oh, it took 10 years for me to uh, finally have a successful site project. So that, that just shows you how long it, it can take. And, you know, it all on, on the internet, it all looks magical and quick, but it yeah it mostly isn't yeah but you have to keep trying right like the interesting insight is that you have to do stuff you have to share with people and you have to keep trying until you find something that works for you which is pretty it's a pretty interesting insight yeah 100 percent. and uh, i think my main thing is you shouldn't i don't know i'm not a big fan of doing it to make money or, or get famous actually you know, it, for me, that's a little bit the wrong mindset. So if you just see as it uh, of, of learning, which, you know, the, especially in the developed world, you should kind of keep doing. It's just such a powerful way of learning. So either if it's blogging, vlogging or Twitch or whatever you're into, it just helps you. Yeah, that's that's why we started the podcast as well, because we thought that it would be nice to have conversations with people and we, we get a... We always learn from people when we talk with them and then other people can listen to the episode and learn as well. So it's also a way to learn in public. But one thing that I thought it was interesting that you mentioned was uh, the 45 minutes for commuting. And uh, my question to you is, uh, do you do you time box uh, your posts or things like that? Like, do, do you only spend like 45 minutes every day to write a tweet or a tip or do you have do you do something different yes yeah, so that's a uh, kind of why i get up early it's um i start work about one and a half hour before my uh, day job to do kind of that stuff so i well it also includes making coffee and breakfast but um, other than that i'll post uh, my blog and do some social media updates 
um, and and then I tried to write a new blog in that time. So it, it really makes me um, condense the time that I spend on it because I, I don't want to burn out myself. So that's also why you see a lot of little articles, which for me works. You know, I'm, I'm also not the wordy person. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So before you do anything, you just work on, on, on daily dev tips and you spend like an hour, an hour and in a half and a half on that. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that's been working well. It's uh, getting to a point where it uh, actually it takes up uh, a lot of time when you uh, decide you want to go away for a, a holiday or what. That, that kind of messes things up now. Um, but uh, yeah, working on some plans uh, to, to get around that. I'm really curious to know more a little bit um, more how you handle, you know, not getting burned out. Could you talk a little bit more about that, about your, your process and what is working for you? Yeah. So like I said, two months ago, I actually switched jobs and I came from a well, quite chill job where I, I was uh, the only senior developer and uh, I had quite a lot of freedom. And I got into this new job where um, it was a little bit more hectic at, in the beginning, just, you know, a new job and you have to get used to processes and uh, there, there are multiple big names working there, um, which obviously is very cool, but it, it got me to a point where I was working a little bit too much. So I think the main thing is like, don't overdo it. I mean you work for someone else or you work for yourself, but like your, your own uh, mental health is way more important than earning money for someone or even for yourself. I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Th thanks for sharing. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm still managing that a little bit. I'm, I'm becoming better and better at noticing the triggers and how I respond to that. When you work creating things, it's really easy to, overdo things and yeah i wish it, it was more common to talk about those things because it, it's really easy to you know underestimate like you said how 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 important mental health is yeah so on that topic it's actually very interesting do you, so um do you feel it comes from uh actually working hard or uh from the stress that something is not done so for me for instance it's it's most uh, of the times it's because my head doesn't stop thinking so i'm always thinking oh tomorrow i have to do this this and this and that's what makes me like close to burnout yeah it's also that um and what has helped me a lot it was meditation like um i was always a bit skeptic about it but i can say that i feel a huge difference i do it i started like this quick morning routine I do a 10 to 15 minute meditation then I do some gratitude journaling and that helps me with you know just like living the day and being grateful for that day and not worrying too much about the future but sometimes um, something happens and you know that gets messed up and then I start going into this rabbit hole of oh I have so many things that I want to do um, so that is also a struggle to me. I, I feel exactly how uh, what you're describing here. Uh, that the, the rabbit hole is very dangerous. Um, I haven't tried meditation myself, but uh, I 
I did a lot of um, yoga at one stage, which uh, seemed to help like a lot. Um, another thing that, that personally helps is uh, like sticking to workout routine. So when we do uh, workouts uh, four or five times a week, uh, that really clears my mind somehow. I, I recommend um, Tara Brack's guided meditations. I think that it's like to me, it's really hard to just sit down and don't listen to a guided meditation. So you, you might help you to start with that. Oh, I'll have a look into that. Yeah, for me, uh, I was just like you, uh, Chris. I, I had a hard time getting my mind off off of work after hours. So I would just I would just keep thinking about work and the things that I needed to do. And I did a lot of coaching this year. So my company sponsored uh, coaching for me. And one of the things that also helped me a lot was having kind of the rituals uh, after, like when you finish your work, like maybe at five or six, you, you usually I do a little review of my day and think about the things that went really well and then think about the things I want to do tomorrow. And then that's it, right? I'm, I'm done. And then another thing that helps me is noticing when I start thinking about work. So if I'm doing something and then my mind starts thinking about work, I just kind of notice that. I say, hey, oh, here, here's the planner talking, right? So I would, I would plan a lot on what to do. So I, I would plan, oh, I'm going to write this, this thing and I'm going to build this part of the system. But now I just notice, oh, here's the planner uh, talking in my head. And then when you start doing that, that, that little voice kind of loses the, the power a little bit. So you just notice and then it goes away. It's, it's kind of a med meditation or mindfulness a little bit, but it helps me a lot just noticing the voice and just naming it. Say, oh, here's the planner talking. Here's the workaholic talking, you know, so that, that helps me a lot as well. Yeah, that's uh, actually a good one. Because uh, I do think there's a difference in, in what kind of uh, limits you you working against. So yeah, I do yeah, hear what you say. It's uh, definitely important to understand um, yeah, what's going on and if that is really uh, what you should be listening to. I could talk about those things like for hours. <laughs> Now that we talked a little bit how you manage your creativity and your mental health, I'm really curious to know how long did it take you to get the consistency of writing daily? How was that process for you? Yeah, that was an interesting process because I um, started and uh, this time I decided not to focus on a, a tech stack for the blog, which always, uh, you know, I always get caught up in those. So I just decided to take a simple website, um, a Levante-based uh, static website not focus on how it looks and I literally um, took one day to make the website and write my first blog post and at that stage I didn't have a second blog post so the next morning I had to write the second blog post and then I thought oh that's a little bit too much so I started to incorporate like posting and writing and for a long time I did just one day until we I had to go on a holiday and I couldn't write. So I decided to write some articles up front, um, which actually made it more easy. So uh, I always had a backlog of ideas, but then I started to also write these ideas if I would have like half an hour extra on a day. 
uh, which is start writing more and more articles. So I think that really helped to maintain the consistency. So, so far it's been uh, over 250 days, I think, and I haven't missed one yet. Uh, there was one day where I actually by accident forgot to write an article, but then I, I obviously realized in the morning and I, I quickly wrote one. So yeah, that is a funny process. Uh, that's amazing. 250 uh, articles in a year. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. So my main goal now is to do a, a full year. Uh, so 365 articles, and then uh, I'm going to reevaluate what I'm going to do. So I might uh, miss out on the weekends or something. I don't think I can maintain seven articles a week. And do you, so I guess you have a buffer now of articles and you just publish them when, when you need it? Yeah, so it's actually a fairly small buffer. It's about five articles now. Uh, but it does give me a little bit more freedom if, uh, for whatever reason, we decide to go away for a weekend or, you know, uh, it's just a busy week at work. So do you plan like to uh, talk about other languages or frameworks soon? Or are you still seeing where JavaScript will lead you? Uh, that's an interesting one, because as you uh, heard in the beginning, my, my main background is actually PHP. So I do a lot of that. But somehow, I, I think I hardly wrote about PHP. Uh, I don't even know why, because that is what I do mostly on a day. So I think that will actually come soon, that I'll, I'll just start writing about PHP. And which, which daily tip do you think was the most popular? Mm, I would have the full metric, actually. Uh, we'd have to look it up. Uh, I do know the ones with the top 10 list tend to do really well. So like the top 10 operators in JavaScript, something like that? Yes, yeah. I, I've seen those actually uh, get most views in single days. Let, let me just see if that also makes sense on the long term. I'm just going to take uh, from when I started to now. Oh, it's interesting. It's a vanilla JavaScript modal pop-up. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So do you think that it's because people always need uh, that functionality and they always maybe they always they are always searching for that stuff yes uh it, it does look like that has a lot of um organic search on it the second one is uh goodbye comments welcome web mentions uh which i think had the most social shares so. is that kind of a like a new feature or something yeah so the web mentions are uh, basically the comeback of uh, pingbacks and they're uh, uh, I would say invented, but the, you know, the, I don't know if you guys are aware of like the indie web, so it's taking back responsibility on the web. There I read first about web mentions, so I decided to implement that instead of having comments. And, and so you talk a lot about SEO on blogging for devs. So one of the things that you mentioned, like the top 10 article uh, gets a lot of organic uh, traffic, right? Do you have any other kind of tips for people that want to uh, get more traffic on their on their blogs or things like that? Oh, that's uh, very difficult. Um, I, I'm mainly on blogging for devs to, to get like better at that stuff. Um, I think uh, the main advice, which I'm not fully doing is obviously uh, like revamping the articles. So, so kind of like reevaluate what kind of keywords they are hitting on. Uh, because I do know that, but I, I hardly uh, do edit on them. I do update my blog post uh, fairly often, 
with internal links, um, which seems to really help, but it's one of the lower end things to do. Yeah, this is something interesting because like a lot of developers don't know much about SEO and it really helps uh, when you're writing content, when you want to make a successful website. So it's always interesting to know more about that. And I guess bl the blogging for devs community is a really good resource and AREFs and other sites like that. Yeah, I do think it's a very valuable community. Um, and indeed, like you said, not many bloggers are aware of what to do with the SEO. Um, I have a kind of luck that I come from a marketing background or I used to work for big marketing firms. So I do know a little bit about it, but in detail, I wouldn't know what technically works better. So I know the like basics of what you must do and, and how you must write an article, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people on there can do a way better job. I'm I'm also learning a lot about SEO at the Blogging for Dives community. Although I have to be honest that right now I'm focusing for the plant-based diet club, I'm focusing more on first getting that consistency and, you know, understanding a little bit better about this word. I purposely decided not to write a blog for devs because I wanted to start something like from start, uh, I mean, from, from zero. Um, and it's been a pretty nice um, experience so far. As you mentioned that you are still learning about SEO, but you already see some organic uh, traffic coming from that work. Do you still think there were other aspects in your journey that helped you grow your audience? Was it publishing on Twitter? Was it also participating in other dev communities? Yeah, I think that is by far uh, the biggest thing. So. Um, I think generally most of the audience will come from uh, Twitter for, for my case. Uh, that's also my biggest follower base. I think it's just really tech, you know, tech savvy people on there and, and easy click throughs, um, which also converted in a lot of, uh, subscribes from that point. The other one would be, uh, other platforms. So like blogging for devs, but, but like indie hackers I used to be really active on kind of stopped being super active, but I still read a lot. And then obviously uh, you have the new blogging platforms, so like Hashnode and, and Dev2, which actually get about four times the views than my own blog, but, but I still want to keep that separate for now. So how do you handle your, your social media, your, your blog and your newsletter? Like, do you send the different content to your newsletter subscribers or are you sending the same things in, in the same channels? Uh, yeah, so I am actually doing mostly the same send outs, um, but I, I stopped doing LinkedIn and Instagram after some discussions on blogging for devs and that, you know, the fact that it would look generated because it's always the same format. Um, doesn't work for those two platforms in specific. So I stopped doing that. But my mailing as well, it's mainly just a copy of whatever the first uh, paragraph of my article is. Um, and I don't know if that really works. I think a lot of people these days will already have seen the article and then kind of ignore the email. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still looking at how to improve that and make it better. Because you see 
a lot of these you know emails about uh blogs they they all just send w whatever the article is but i'm like well i already seen the article most of the time so even i don't read a lot of the emails yeah it's a a learning process but it's actually fun as well um I'm, I'm actually considering uh start playing with tiktok i mean it's kind of weird to to think like oh how would i talk about code on tiktok but i think it's a, a fairly new platform that not a lot of people are are aware how to take leverage of that yeah it's actually interesting uh, well as you say it's mainly just a fun experiment all of it so it's cool to just test out some things and i'm not too worried about losing followers or whatever or, or you know uh, not not going viral and everything tiktok is actually uh interesting i i did think about it i even installed the app but then i never really did my first thing but i do think it can work uh i only know one guy that does uh, development things on tiktok but he seems to be pretty uh well seen there who, who is it do, do you know the name uh, I think it's uh, he's called Jack Forge. Seems to be uh, doing uh, quite a lot of um, uh, yeah TikTok uh, movies. Cool. Yeah. So I, I guess there's not a lot of competition in TikTok, right? Like compared to like Twitter or other platforms. So maybe that's something that you can take take leverage, like leverage for yourself, like because there's there's not a lot of content uh, related to what you're doing there. Yeah, I actually uh, think it, it might be really interesting because obviously, as I understand, TikTok is also the very short uh, things. Uh, so most of my articles are. So it might, might actually be an interesting one for me to try out. So you you mentioned about Hashnode and Dev2. Could you explain a little bit like the difference between them? Do, do you prefer one of another? What do you think is the best from each? And also, another thing is, do you think it's good to, let's say that someone wants to start blogging and they just want to see if blogging is something that they, they like before, you know, spending a day setting up a blog? Do you think it's a, it's a good idea to start blogging using one of those platforms? Yeah, so I, I think most people, I actually say, like, start out on, on Hashnode because you want to see if blogging works for you uh, before you start building a, a blog from scratch and spending weeks on that. So, you know, it's it's all about the content, actually, blogging. You know, you don't blog because it is, you can build a fancy website around it. And and then Hashnode takes away all that effort. So you just focus on writing and they have the audience. So you can see if your articles will work. Yeah, so I, I do recommend to a lot of people like just start on on hash node and and go from there you can always revert it back to your own uh content and i think the main difference between the two but this is going to be very a personal answer is that i think hash node is uh, a more community driven platform so you get a lot of positive feedback and uh, you know likes and and shares uh which is cool um, but then compared to Dev2, you get a lot of uh, critical uh, comments. Uh, so people will kind of say, well, that's not completely true or uh, I don't agree with you. Uh, so you get more discussion. And I, I just think Dev2 has the opportunity, uh, more of an opportunity in, in the amount of people they have. 
I don't know the numbers between the two, but I, I'm considering Dev2 to be bigger. I do have actually more views in there, but it, it's more fun to do hash node, if that makes sense. So yeah, I only use them as a repos of all my articles. So it's canonical driven repos. So it will get you a lot of backlinks, uh, which I still don't know if these are considered good or not because it's your own content. Uh, it does seem to drive a lot of traffic through because obviously all the internal links in the article are linking to my own domain. Uh, and I do see a lot of people clicking through in there. So that, that's been very helpful. And now that you have, I guess, 250 something articles, do, do you think about like maybe writing a little book or a little guide uh, with tips? Because I guess you could, you could maybe uh, grab all of the JavaScript tips and turn them into a larger uh, format or a book. Do, do you think about that kind of stuff? Yes, uh, that's been... Uh... I also had a lot of discussions with Monica on this. Uh, I think the main thing that it didn't happen yet is is time. Um, so I, I would really have to take some time off work to do that. Um, and I, I don't know personally if it would be a, you know, a, a guide of JavaScript tips. I think there's quite a lot of those out there. So, you know, you will have a lot of overlap, but I did think about some other stuff. So. You know, I, I wanted to make a kind of rip off calendar with tips. So that, that is one of the ideas. And then a kind of guide for beginners. So, you know, it, it will be one project, but uh, based on very small tips and, and links and stuff. So that that is some things that I, I'm working on in the background, but it's uh, mainly a time issue that it hasn't uh, come true. Yeah, I love your idea of having a calendar. So like a calendar with tips, uh, JavaScript tips. Uh, I think that's a great product. I think you could make some money off of that. Yeah, I hope so. I actually planned, uh, the first idea was to do an advent calendar. I was going to mention that. that. That's actually Monica's idea, I think. Yeah, it was Monica. But I, I didn't get around to doing that, uh, you know, before the Christmas uh, mayhem. So maybe next year. Uh, but then uh, in my head, that converted into one of those ripoff calendars. So it would be so cool to have that on your, your toilet or whatever and just see like, oh, here's my little tip of the day. That's, a, that's really nice. I think that the, the best part of starting and, you know, doing is that your mind starts to see so many opportunities, right? And, and sometimes it's hard to manage all of that ideas, but it's, it's a really good uh, feeling when... You see so many opportunities in front of you. Unfortunately, we have to prioritize given, you know, we all have other stuff to do, but I, I really love that part. Yeah, that's a funny thing to mention. I was uh, always when we go hiking, so me and my fiance go hiking quite often. And then these days I have to uh, bring my phone and do voice notes because we get so much ideas. I think the last time we had about 10 business ideas and one hike. <laughs> it's funny how these things go. Yeah, uh, I was reading, sorry, I was listening to the, one of David Perel's interview. It was with Morgan Housel from Collaborative Fund. And he was actually talking about that, like how he comes up with ideas for writing blog posts. And he says that he goes for walks. He just brings his cell phone and he sends himself some 
emails that it, it's interesting because when you when you do the, those creative work you have to be extra relaxed right it, it's usually on those moments where you least expect that you have the better ideas yes so that is like 100% it so that also works if you're stuck on a development issue you know it doesn't work to just sit behind your computer and try harder you know, just walk away and then you know take a walk and then you'll probably find the answer that happens to me when i'm taking a shower <laughs> often so i go I take a shower and then the answer comes to me which is pretty interesting and sometimes i have to take multiple showers in a day <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a new one i haven't heard about the showers so i'm gonna try that so chris we we saw your black friday special in which you invited people to join your newsletter so that they could get free articles and become better developers and you said that you got you got new subscribers because of that so congrats on the idea that was a pretty neat um growth uh idea yeah thank you yeah it, it literally popped up in my head like i think in the morning uh, and it was actually based off your uh, uh plant-based uh, email because i think if i'm not mistaken you had the uh do you like this content uh, maybe someone else will as well if i remember correctly so that was actually what spiked me to come up with that idea oh my god i'm, I'm really happy that you helped someone <laughs> yeah because it's, uh, i think you mentioned that it was your birthday right it's my birthday if you want to help me find me some new subscribers or something oh no i actually did do that for my birthday as well Yes, and then now for, you know, the Black Friday, I kind of <laughs> twisted it around. I just said, like, you know, I can't give you any discount, but uh, maybe you want to uh, help me by just referring this email to someone, you know, who could benefit from it. Yeah, let's, let's learn together and help more people. I like that. Yeah, exactly. And how else do you get uh, ideas for, for the daily dev tips? Like, because you mentioned that you... You work more with PHP than JavaScript. So how, how, how do you come up with so many ideas? Yeah, so it, it's a various uh, things. I, I wrote a blog post about that as well. I think most of them are actually stuff that I kind of, I have this rule, if I have to like Google it, I might as well write about it. So if I Google anything, I'll write about it. And especially in JavaScript, it's about like, oh, what, how many arguments does this thing take again or whatever? Or uh, what does it exactly return or how does it work on the water? So I go and research those things. Um, for I mainly need them for Angular uh, applications. And then, you know, if I Google it, I write it down and uh, I'll write about that. I also get a lot of my ideas just uh, from other articles. So I, I don't like copy the idea, but reading something and then i think like oh but what about that and then i write down that idea to write about so it's it's a various uh you know methods to get ideas for me one thing that is helping me is uh so i get a bunch of um questions from people so they ask me about various things like oh finance or coding or stuff like that so instead of just helping them and answering their question i just go and write write about it right so i i go on my journal and just write a little bit about it or maybe i reply to an email or something like that and then that becomes a thing later like can either be 
a blog post or maybe an idea for a podcast episode. But like whenever someone is asking you something, it's probably a good idea to write that down because that's probably useful content for other people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if one person has the question, you can be certain more people will have that question. And and there, you know, there's never enough content. I think that's what a lot of people go wrong on. So they think like, ah, oh, well, you know, this JavaScript function, I've I've seen so many articles about it, so let's not write about it. Uh, but I, I tend to disagree with that method. Yeah, and also sometimes you have a different take on it. Like, for example, maybe your audience... Uh, doesn't know about that function or maybe the way you explain it is is better so that that also happens a lot yeah exactly well or they just like your way of explaining or or the use case you describe more that's true and i think that it actually prevents a lot of people from writing or doing any content creation because you know oh but there are so many resources about that already you know, it's your take on it. It's your personal experience. No one else has that. You you just have to trust that your way of doing things will be, you know, people will resonate with that. But you shouldn't stop before even, I mean, you shouldn't <laughs> give up before starting just because there are content already about it yeah exactly no that's the best tip you can give someone just like start and even if if you have uh you know zero readers it doesn't matter it helped you as a person to research something so that that's helpful how bad can it be to get better at writing and communicating like that those are skills that it will make you a more skilled professional in whatever industry you are yes exactly and i i think uh you know, from multiple writing perspectives. So it's either to get better at, at English or get better at grammar or at technical writing, or but also explaining things so they make sense to someone, which I think is very important in tech business. Get developers that are good at uh, writing code, but they can't really explain it to like the CEO or, or the guy paying for the app. You know, they get lost in technical jargon. Um, so I do think blogging will also help those people to write it, you know, so that other people will understand it. Yeah, 100% that. All right. So Chris, I think you, you mentioned a little bit about your ideas for for daily dev tips, but do you have some other plans in mind for your project? Um, the main one would obviously be well, getting the full year of blogs. And and then it would really, I don't know, I'd have to see how it turns out. I, I do have a dream of owning my own uh, freelance business again one day. I, I used to do that for a, for a while, but then I stopped. And uh, so uh, that is kind of on the plan, which is also why I started blogging uh, that far ahead. Because you would, you know, you need to build the audience. That, that's one of the you know, benefits if you start early, get the audience. Yeah, one thing that we, we thought was interesting is I think on your website you say that you have a plan to become a senior remote engineer in 2030. And I guess, did that happen already or not? Like, I was just curious about that. Yeah, actually it did. <laughs> uh, I, I was um, uh, technically already a, a senior. 
on, on paper, but um, wasn't fully remotely. So that that kind of happened quicker than expected. Do you think that the the, the blog helped with that, or is it's unrelated? No, in this case, actually unrelated. So um, yeah, uh, I did get a lot of uh, recruiters uh, through the blog, but this one uh, in, in particular wasn't. Yeah, I wish I could say that, but no, in this case, it didn't. It will soon. I I believe that. Yeah, it was a nice conversation. <laughs> Thanks so much for sharing. And I do believe that uh, learning in public is super important. And I always keep telling people to do that, especially if you're if you're a new uh, developer, if you're learning. So it's, it's great to see someone that is uh, doing that and getting the benefits from that and is also recommending people to do that. So yeah, learning public is cool and important and everybody should do it. Yeah, so that's uh, 100% it. Everyone should be learning in public. Yes. Chris, thank you very much for sharing all of that with us. I hope some people get inspired and not only by your daily dive tips, but inspired by your journey as well. And so if you enjoyed listening to this episode, let Chris know in his Twitter. His at Twitter has daily dev tips one and we will leave the links in the description notes. Cool. Thank you guys for having me. It was an absolute bless. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please support us by leaving a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, subscribe. Thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.